I'm Niran Garhi, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter to feeling laughed at, to their no laughing matter moment in life. And at our wedding, she started crying, literally sobbing her eyes. And Brown was like, yeah, she hates me. She hates that you're gay. She doesn't like that we're getting married. Yeah, I was like, no, she's crying because from where we come from, we're in power school. Look at this. We're yeah, right. <laughs> Having had the pleasure of working alongside him on Dancing with the Stars, I knew that Arthur Garulian had an incredible life story to tell. From having to flee the war in Armenia with his family at the age of 12, to creating a new life and identity for himself through dancing in Europe, to coming out to his mother and the death threats he received from his own family about his marriage to Brian Dowling. We covered so much. And yes, I asked for it. And he delivered an exclusive Beyonce story. Arthur, you're a gem. This season of The Last of Your Life is sponsored by FNF Clothing, available at Tesco. Style to help real people feel great. Now, are we surprised that our pals at FNF have gone and done it again? We're not. We're pals with them for a reason. In yet another act of soundness, there's 25% off all clothing with, wait for it, no exclusions. Zero from Monday the 30th of November until Monday the 20th of November inclusive. It's so rare you see a discount that good this time of year. Just think of all the PJs and slippers, jeans and nice top combos, Saturday night glitzy dresses. The list goes on. Get yourself into your local FNF to avail. They've got a perfect blend of style, comfort and versatility in their staple pieces. Just whip out your Tesco club card or app at the tills to avail of the offer. FNF makes fashion sense. Available at Tesco. And now for my chat with Arthur Garulian. I hope you enjoy. Arthur Garulian. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous. I don't know why. (laughs) You are extremely welcome to the Laughs of Your Life podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. I have to say I'm so nervous. I don't get nervous as you know, but it's so exciting because everybody knows about this podcast. And my husband told me, don't let me down. I said, you know what, Betty J, I swear to God. So yeah, I hope I won't let anybody down. So let's do this. You couldn't possibly, Arthur. All you have to do is be your yourself and everybody absolutely fucking adores oh, you. So you make me blush. <laughs> I told you this before. So you have met my mom at a few different events with mutual friends. You guys get on like a house on fire. I love Claire. I absolutely love Claire. We start next to each other. We start talking and people are like, hey guys, we're still here. <laughs> Hey, do you mind us? I was like, yeah, I do mind her. So Claire, you were saying, how's Eugene? <laughs> and then I was sitting down watching your doc with Brian. You told me this. And I was sitting down watching with my dad and it got to about 30 minutes in. And he turned to me and he was like, Jesus, Arthur, some bundle of love. I love you, Eugene. <laughs> and do you know what? Can we just say? Turn to the camera. Eugene gives the best hugs. He does. Oh my God. He is such a big man. And when he gives you a hug, he's like, oof, yes. He's a very I warm, cuddly exactly. guy. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a bear So basically, hug. I'm part of the family. You're basically part of the family. Absolutely. You are the long lost brother we never uh, had. Absolutely. And so, uh, and then obviously with Dancing with the Stars. But the thing about it is, we didn't re- like we we didn't get to properly get to know each other in Dancing with the Stars. It's all so intense. The rehearsals are so busy. We don't really get to properly sit down and chat, which is why I'm so happy you're here today. Can I say something? You and Jen work harder than me. I just turn up on Saturday. Hello, my fashion. Thank you. <laughs> Come on Sunday. Hello, everybody, and goodbye. You guys work so hard. It's especially, busy. can we just 
have a big round of applause for your opening number this oh, year. Oh my God, you both looked absolutely. Can I say sick? That's what we say in the dancing world. You look absolutely sick. Thank it you. It was absolutely incredible. And for non-dancers, you guys did incredible. Well, thank you. Well, on, right. to be honest, if someone had told me when I got the job, if someone had said to me, oh, by the way, you're going to have to wear a nude colored swimsuit on the first show, I would have been like, goodbye, I'm not doing it. I'm never doing TV. And I'm so happy you did <laughs> because now it's memory for life. Memory for life. Those legs. Oh my, and the hips oh, Okay We oh can talk gosh. all day about Arthur, this We should get a room Absolutely <laughs> Room 373 <laughs> Okay right Are you ready to do this Oh god Okay let's go Okay Arthur Grulian Your first memory of laughter Oh wow Okay My first memory of laughter <laughs> It's given me already <laughs> I don't really remember The first memory of laughter Because You know When I was young it's kind of all blur in my life. Mm-hmm. From uh, from 12 years old up, it's kind of there. But before that, it's all blur. I actually blocked everything out. I always laughed. I know I'm a like positive and happy person. I always laughed. I always laughed with my dad. He was this witty kind of character, make us laugh. I can't sit here and lie when I laughed, but... It, it's completely, it's, a, it's blocked. It's blocked. I think the first, first time I properly laughed, barely laughed, it was when I was actually leaving Armenia. We were actually, it's like not escape, it's escaping. Yeah, escaping Armenia. And I remember we were in Russia at the time. So we traveled weeks after weeks. We're in Russia. And this is actually a true story. I never had, I was going on 13. I never had Coca-Cola and Mars bar. Or sneakers. I don't even know what sneakers is. I don't even know what Coca-Cola tasted. So, you know, you see in the commercials and everything. So I remember my dad went and bought it um, and bought it once Mars bar and then cut in four and then one Coca-Cola like like this small <laughs> and to share, no. to share. I remember that was, he was start eating and we, my dad was making jokes and we laughed, they laughed. We didn't know where we're going. We didn't know what's going to happen to our lives, but we laughed so much. We were so happy. And I put that mass bar. I think it took me 10 hours to eat it. Savored it. I swear to God. Like, and, and then I remember that was, I was barely laughing because I can't tell you what he was doing. He was doing silly things because we didn't know what was happening to us. And he wanted to make me and my sister laugh. For anyone who hasn't a clue about Ooh. your background, I know it's going to be tough and you don't, you don't have to tell us anything you don't want to. But I, but I think... For anyone who doesn't have an idea of what went on in your early life, can you give us a synopsis that you're comfortable with? Of course. Um, okay, uh, like, I'm 43 years old. We left Armenia back in 1992, around like October, October 1992, October, yeah. So basically we were escaping Armenia mm-hmm. because of war with Azerbaijan. And the sad thing is like, they won. This year they won, they succeeded. They, you know, they tried to cleanse our ethnicity try to cleanse Armenians. And that started back in 1988 uh, because we had a massive, in 1988, we had this massive earthquake and they took advantage and all that started. They just want to cleanse us completely. And and I remember from 88 till 92, it, it became such a, such a blur in my head because mm-hmm. we were just trying to survive. It was so sad. And obviously the war started properly in 1992. M- it was so, I saw some of my friends, I was doing a music, I was in a music school and I was coming out with my friends, you know, to go home and literally we're coming out the doors 
and I saw my friends. There's a van. I will never forget. It was a blue van. It was a blue van. The door opened. I, I, I see my own eyes. The door opened. They took my friend. I was doing guitar at the time. They took my friends, put in the van, closed the door. It's like a kidnapping. And they left. I panicked. I ran back to the school, waiting for the one to go, whatever is happening. I don't know what's happened to my friends. Never seen him. Never seen him again. I don't know what's happening. So what was happening? They were actually taking boys. If you have certain height, they would take the boys and go to war. Here's the gun. Go and shoot. That's what was happening at the time. And I remember I went home. I was shaking. And I told my mom. And my mom is my hero. She's so strong. She sat me down and said, that's it. Enough is enough. We have to do something. And that's when it all started to get a, like a fake visa to go to, I think, Denmark. We have to leave this country if we didn't leave. Because, you know, we're not rich or poor. We're okay. Yeah. But there was nothing to do for us. And it was so dangerous. My dad uh, was meant to be going to the war, but he had a back pain. So they're like, okay, you can't go. You can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So he was lucky. So my mom said, that's it. We have to leave. And that's where the journey starts, is the unknown. And I explained the journey is like, You know, you're going to Spain on holiday. You pack one bag or two bags. We literally, the only thing we did, we had this apartment on the 10th floor. We packed each one bag and going on holiday because you couldn't say it was... Yeah, escaping. Escaping. You couldn't, like, you would have never leave the country. So that's how it all started. And But as a child, you just go with it. You hear about, you know, on a such smaller scale that children, you know block certain things out from their childhood yeah. that were painful. Yeah. Like th- that for, it was that for you times a million because it was this constant state of fear and uncertainty. Like, have you explored that? Have you looked into that for yourself or is it something that you just don't want to go near or, or kind of d- dive into? Oh my God, that's a stunning question. Yeah, I want to do it now. It's weird. After writing the book, book was a therapy for me. Yeah. Writing the book, I cried, I laughed, I cried, I laughed. I felt sick physically because I never want to talk about this because I blocked so much. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. Mm. I literally didn't want to, because when I started dancing, I went like, oh, I'm this amazing guy. Oh my God, I love you guys. They knew I was Armenian, but I didn't want people to know my background yeah. because I was like, oh, they're going to say, this refugee guy, oh, tacky, just get away. I didn't want people to know that. Mm. So I was like trying to be strong and try to move forward. So I never realized how much I blocked. I don't have them anymore, but I used to have panic attacks. I used to have panic attacks waking up middle of the night when I used to live on my own. I moved home when I was 16. I used to wake up panicking that I'm in Armenia. That like, I can, because obviously... Bear in mind, I, I heard the gunshot. I, I heard the bombs going. I heard all that, you know. Mm-hmm. It stays in your in your brain. And even now, I try to help people with everything happening. Physically make me feel sick. I can't. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. actually bring back so many memories, even though I can't remember half of them. But it's like triggering things. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm so happy right now. But it's triggering something. It makes me cry. It's always there. Always there. Yeah. And I think it's always going to be there. I think yeah. it's always going to be there. Nothing will change. Yeah. Okay, Arthur, the first time you find out, it's a lot. And take a breather anytime you need to. No, fine, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the first time you felt laughed at, can you remember that? Yeah, so well. 
again back to it's so weird like i feel like we should be laughing and i'm going <laughs> no oh, that's what the beauty of this podcast oh, no, is it, we, we explore all of it. it it's you know i'm a strong-minded person doesn't matter what's happened i'm always been positive and i know what i want I, I will never forget it's like you know the term of mean girls i experienced that when i was 13 years old we were in Belgium and with everything we've been through, uh, we moved into this little village mm-hmm. and I started school. I only did school for a year, like uh, 13 to 14. And I remember my dad was working for Red Cross, you know, Red Cross, because Salvation Army helped us a lot. And then Red Cross was just there. It's a place called Malmedy. It's like a little, it's around the border of Belgium and Germany. It's like nice, killer. we were the first Armenians moving there yeah. and the refugees. So I remember he was working and I love fashion. I, I loved fashion. I love clothes and everything. But obviously, you know, you can't really afford to buy it. You just have to wear whatever you have. So I remember my dad was working in Red Cross and brought me this amazing leather jacket. I love rock and roll. I love like, oh my God, this jacket is amazing. I'm going to be eating the house. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> so I wore the jacket. I was like, thank you, dad. Merci, merci. I went to school. And as you do, I was like, oh my God, my new jacket. I'm so proud. And I was in a group. I always say, I laugh. I feel like we were the reject class, but we were not. It's just a class that they didn't know where to put you. The mean girls, okay. the pretty boy who doesn't care, yeah. me. And there was all five, six of us in that class because it's just a class. And I, I will never forget. I just walked in, you know, like everybody's there, walked in and this mean girl. I won't say the name because whatever it was that time. Yeah. You know, she, she was stunning. She looked like Brigitte Bartot, like absolutely Gorgeous. beautiful and everything. And I walked in and she literally looked at me in French like, oh my God, it's dégueulasse. Dégueulasse means disgusting. Mm. What are you wearing? And I mean, and I remember I stood there, you know, like skinny little boy. Like, Is she talking? I couldn't speak English, uh, French at the time. I was like, what's happening here? And she said, oh my God, this is my cousin's jacket. We just throw in the red cross. You're fucking wearing that. And all in French. When I say my knee went, and I don't get scared, my knees went, everybody's looking at me. I started laughing with her. She, she had rings and everything. She's doing this, keep doing this with her mascara. You know, I probably did Bardo, but the mean girl. I felt sick. I went to the toilet. I don't really cry. I would start cried. I rolled my jacket, put it in back. I wasn't going to wear it. And I, they all started laughing, her friends. St- like, I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was absolutely lost. I went home and I threw the jacket to my dad. It wasn't vicious. It was just upsetting, you know, upsetting for me. And I said, I don't ever want to wear this. But it wasn't anger on him. It's just like, it really got me. I'm 13 years old boy. Now I should be cool. I was like, please, I need new clothes. He couldn't buy, obviously. And then, and then he started buying clothes in Aldi and, and little shops that they helped him to buy it. Like, because he didn't want people to laugh at me. That's, I... Uh... Yeah. hate that story. I hate, that is just, I mean, after everything you'd been through and for your dad to be giving back in that way, to be working with Red Cross and then, and you were so delighted. But you know, it's so weird. I'm not sorry. I know. I, it's so weird because as a kid, you don't know what's happening. I know. So as a kid, you're like, I want this, I want that, I want that. But you don't realize as a parent, you do everything for your yeah. child. You do anything. And in my head, oh my God, he's bringing all this cause from Red Cross and I'm ungrateful brat. But I wasn't, I was just upset because they laughed at my jacket. I know. And then since then, when I went to school, she's still in my class, you can't avoid her. I I just, you know, I just carry on with my life. It's just, I suppose, oh God, <laughs> that age is so difficult oh my- as is. But for to think about what you had been through 
and then for that to like sorry the point I'm trying to make is you know you're going to get these awful teenage experiences anyway but to have had that load that you had had with your family for the all those years on top of that it's just like it's but, too much but you see it was more hurtful than everything I was going through I yeah. was going through Russian mafia yeah I was going through horrendous things, seeing it, traveling on a train for four weeks, nonstop. I seen the horror. I heard people screaming. Didn't do nothing to me, but somebody who actually said, it's disgusting what you're wearing. It actually got me. Then I realized I'm nothing. And obviously that's, that's one of little stories I can tell you. I I had like food thrown at me, laughed at me because I was like, here we go. You don't have money. Here we go. Have this burger and laughing at me. But I guess again, teenagers, that's what you do. It's so weird. I never been bullied physically, Mm -hmm. but I feel mentally as a refugee, I was bullied without me knowing it until I grew up and like, wait a minute. That was wrong. That was wrong. But I never realized that, but I thought it was normal because I was a refugee asylum seeker. I think it's clear to see anyone who knows you or follows you or sees what you do in the media, that you have this abundance of empathy. I'm not, I don't know why I'm so emotional. I'm like, <laughs> we meant to be laughing. You are just one of the, we will be, but it's just, you, you just ooze so much love. I love love. I love life. I love everything. I love food. I love everything. I can't actually go for this interview. It's just so, it's, it's just so clear and so obvious that you are someone who feels for everyone, you know? And do you think that that's something that you would have had anyway? Or do you think that it's because you have seen the worst things you can see as a human being? And so you go, nothing is as bad as that. And so let's just fucking celebrate. That's Oh, I'm going to say fucking yeah. That, that, that's exactly it because I've seen the worst. Yeah. What worst can happen to me? Okay, Arthur. The moment when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. This is actually a performance thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, let's get to okay, performance. Let's go. Jazz hands. <laughs> let's completely forget all that other stuff. Oh my God. Oh, I could literally cry. I wanted the floor to open the ground and suck me in. Go on. Oh, Royal Variety. As you we, do. As you do. <laughs> Royal Variety, dancing for Duffy. You know, don't rain on my parade. Typical. <laughs> don't rain on my parade. Oh, that, that, oh I'm going to rain on you. Yes. Parade. Oh, my God. June. Yes. Huge performance. Lots of boys. It's all boys dancers. Yeah. I was assistant choreographer there. So, loving life. So, they're styling us suits. I'm like, oh my God, great. But you know, I'm an animal when I dance. I can't be pretty. I'll go, wow, wow, yeah. let's do this. So I'll go for it. And then I remember, <laughs> I said to Frank, I said, Frank, style is amazing. He does every pop star you can imagine. I said, Frank, can you, my crotch area, it's a little bit tight. Can you just make it, you know, larger? Because when I open my legs, I, you know, I want to be comfortable. Yeah. I said, no problem, my darling. Oh my God, Darren. So we're doing royal rights in front of the royalty, full of, oh my God, huge people. It's one of the biggest shows. I remember my part is coming. I know you can't, you can't miss me. I'm the first boy coming in. Dun, 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 and I went, boom, my trousers split, split, split. Thank God I was professional. I wore black underwear. <laughs> I changed it two minutes before. I used to have white underwear. I was like, I 
And I can feel this little warm air coming through. I was like, oh my God, what's happening to me? And you have the royalties right staring at me. I was mortified. I literally wanted to go. I was like, my God, my God, my God. And I keep dancing. I keep just dancing. Keep going. Just keep going. But I seriously feel sick. I just want to cry. I was like, what's happened to me? My trust literally went. I did, I did the whole routine no. with open legs. No. Imagine, I can't even say, like, no, 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 no. I wanted to cry. I actually had tears of dying inside while I'm dancing. If you watch that performance, but thank God you can't see the close-up, I'm crying. But it was, you were just sobbing in the middle sobbing. of it. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you? And I went out, Frank was like, oh my God, I'm so sad. I was like, Frank, it's life. It's, you know, you have to laugh now. You that's have it. to laugh. You, like, like you say, if you don't laugh, you have to, like, you will cry. I had to laugh, but that will always stick in my in your mind. In my mind, but you always. can laugh now. Oh, you can absolutely laugh. Okay, now. I need to use this opportunity because again, I feel like I never got to properly. I've never got to properly ask you this. Tell me about the biggest stars that you've met and danced with, and I need some. I need some information on some of them. Oh my god, I'm shy. You know, I don't like selling myself. Right, I start with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one, Beyonce. No, Let's no. go by the alphabet. <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> I listen. You know, like how we start to uh, talk. I've been so privileged in my life. Yes. I met so many. Like, I sometimes forget who I dance or who I hang out with or what I've done. That's like, I can't even. Like, yes, I work with Jerry Halwell. I, I work with all of the Spice Girls individually, but I think the only one I, I never work with is Melcy because she doesn't really have the answers. Melcy. <laughs> Source that out. Hit me up. Hit me up, please. <laughs> so, everybody else I've done individually, I've done Beyonce. Like, Queen B, mm-hmm. talk to me about that. I need to know. Hint. You know, she's my ultimate queen. I wrote my thesis on her in college. I know you were saying that dancing with the stars. Do you know how professional and incredible she is? In rehearsals, she will dance crazier than the dancers. Yeah. She'll be sweating. The dancers will still like, hi, girl. Yeah. She is such a hard worker. Well, I'm going to tell you a little funny story. Yes. You know, I'm Sasha Fierce, the DVD. Yes. So obviously she has her dancers. That's one of the things I've done, but that's a funny thing. You're going to understand what I'm saying. So they're recording every single city to put together for I'm Sasha Fierce DVD. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, guys, with the extra dancers, Frank Gaston, who was the choreographer, with the extra dancers to be, you know, there's a B stage, the round stage. Yes. We need the dancers around it because you can't have real fans to go there and then ruin the whole momentum. Of course. So this is actually funny. So <laughs> we're there. So we're rehearsing. It was Oturina, rehearsing. The, um, and then obviously one of us, one of the uh, tallest boys. So there's a moment in DVD, you can watch it. So she's jumping into people's like, crowd yes. surfing. Yeah. So she's jumping. And, <laughs> and she literally jumped and I had a flower in my hands. Sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say flower. You didn't say her flower. <laughs> what? Oh my god! I'm sorry. Oh my god! I Hang did. On. Hang on. I need to hold your hands. <laughs> you had Beyonce's flower. Yes. yes. She had this tight leotard. I feel it like. Oh my god! She had this what? Tight leotard, like with fishnets. Tight leotard. Leot- okay, right. <laughs> I thought you said tight little tart. No. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know what are you doing to me? 
<laughs> that is <laughs> that is amazing. That is true story. So <laughs> he is diving, and I went ha ha. I was like, oh my god! And you can't move your hands because you're holding it. It was like a dirty dancing kind of lift, but obviously lots of dancers. But some of them are short; they can't even touch her. So I'm just holding it, and then she had to turn. I went, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. I had another another thing with Kylie Minogue. I had lots of, you know, when you're a dancer, you just have to go through yeah, it. Yeah. Show must go on, dear on us. You know that with the stars. I was mortified. I was absolutely mortified. But they actually, there's also, wait, they, I'll find a picture. There's a picture when also <laughs> I was her water boy. So um, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I have oh to show God, you I this. So this. I basically, she's on the B, uh, stage B and you have to sing. Pretend you're, oh my God, I'm sweating. You have to pretend you're a fan. Yeah. But obviously we're the dancers. So I don't know any of her song. What? So when she was doing to the left, to the left, and the Kirk was like, sing it. I'm like, because I'm a dancer, I don't care singing. I can't even speak English. Don't ask me. That was 2009. I can't even speak English. Stop asking me to. But it was so funny. He was like, left to the left. And then they said, Arthur, when she's coming to have water, I need to find this. I need this show. Water, you have to actually. Here, look, true story. Sorry. And I was the water. I had oh. to give. She was only taking the water from me. No. I'm sweating. No. Yes. On yes. This. Oh. Look my. how smiley she is to me. That was nothing. I mean, she was lovely, but so oh because you, she can't take waters everywhere. It's a stage B. Yeah, you so have you, to have it. You have to be careful. So my thing was, I'm holding it, literally holding it, and when she comes like down, I'm like, here we go, down. That is incredible. I can't believe. It. I need oh my god, water really? Now. Everyone needs to just calm down. This has been. This is really intense oh in the best possible way. In the best. Is she nice? Does she talk to the dancers? So nice. Yes. Do you know there? It's so weird. To is she say. strict? Yes. Very strict. Yeah, but like you're, she's you, a boss. You can't be an artist like her yeah. if you're not straight. Yeah. You can't. You have to be... Get your bam. shit together. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. But she's perfectionist. Yeah. She knows what she wants. Who else? One more person that you, like, loved dancing for or working with. Well, I have to say my ultimate girls, Girls Aloud. Really? Girls Aloud. I mean, I've done a lot of people, but Girls Aloud, they were kind of my... Finishing my career. Yeah. They were 2009, my last tour. Uh, they were just took me under their wings. Every year they will have auditions for dancers. And I remember, you know, everything happened for a reason in life. Yes. Everything happened for a reason. I was on X Factor tour uh, with Leona Lewis. Yeah. You know, she won 2006 or so 2007. They're doing X Factor tours. So I'm on tour. It was like around February. And then my agent called me saying, and I didn't know girls allowed at the time. Yeah. I was like, oh, who are they? Uh, because I didn't really pay attention. I remember as a dancer, I was like, like this. Yeah. I want to work. I don't care who you are. Yeah. What's I my want to dance for someone. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. I, I knew, oh, come on, God, it's person. So he called me and said, there's an audition for Girls Aloud. It's a farewell tour. It was a finish. Thank you so much. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do the audition. I went, long story short, I went to do the audition for Girls Aloud. And I went back because that night I was on Wembley Stadium. You know, I can't, no, Wembley Arena. Yes. Stadium wasn't existing yet. Wembley Arena, da, da, da. Two hours later, I got called. I'm doing the farewell to work as loud. And I'm like, oh my God, amazing. I'm finishing the tour X Factor. So after that, I'm going to go one week, one week off straight into Girls Aloud. Amazing. And every year they had, and then obviously promise came and became so big. Like they became even, so they're not splitting up. They're still going. So I'm like, oh my God, amazing. But I'm kind of person, Jaren. It's my last job. Everything I do in life, it's my last thing. Yeah. It's my last thing. So I didn't pay attention. And Hi, every- what do you mean? Do you mean as in like, you just give it everything as though it's your last? That's right. Okay, okay, okay. Because I don't want to have the perspective. Oh my, oh my God, I'm going to do the tour. It's going to come back next year. Come- if it doesn't come back, what are you going to do? Yeah. 
what are you going to do? I don't want to wait for another thing. I want to create my own path. Yes. So every year they had audition. And every year people say, why are you auditioning? They know you. I was like, doesn't matter. If they want to see me in audition, sorry, I'm breaking the house down. <laughs> if they want to see me, I'll just go and smash it. Yeah. And I spoke to Kimberly the other, the other time I saw her. It's like every time you came to the audition, you gave 100% and you were number one boy with books straight away all the time. But that is that attitude is so important. Absolutely. Why would I be big-headed? Yeah. Going to, but you know you know me, so you can book me. No. In this industry, and I, uh, once, you, once you get complacent... You're screwed. Totally. Yeah. Just go do it. What's worse? It was a free class for me. I always treated it like a free class. Okay. So I really loved it. I absolutely loved it. And they were like, and I finished the tour. And in 2013, they go back to get doing the tour. Obviously, it wasn't the tour. It was just the farewell tour. Yeah. And I remember I wasn't that anymore. And the girl said, no, I think you finish it on high with us. You know, we're obviously now, fingers crossed, coming back, fingers, I want them Big things for them. What do you think? Would you what, would you work with them? Oh, I said to the girls, if you want me to dance, I'm dancing. <laughs> I need to lose weight a little bit. I can't wear those You're little perfect. shorts. I'll take you, Darren. You're perfect the way you are. But I can't wear those shorts. <laughs> <laughs> wear the shorts. Okay, Arthur. Oh, God. Now, we might be taking a day on a notch again oh, God, in terms okay. of just being a bit calmer. So, your no laughing matter moment in life. A time where there was no room for laughter. Oh, Wow. No laughter. It's, it's, it is hard again. Yeah. There was definitely, I didn't laugh, I think, probably for a year. It was when I came out to my mom. Mm -hmm. I came out to my mom when I was 20 years old. Um, My aunt, my aunt had cancer, I think three, four times. She was in Belgium at the time. And this was the last time she had it. And she was on her dying bed. And I remember... I just, I just started dating someone for three months and I couldn't, again, I'm, I can't fake it. I have to be myself. I, I don't care around me, but my mom, I had to tell her, I remember I told her after three months, I couldn't cope anymore. Like I felt sick. I told her and that is like a big bomb explode. She was destroyed. And I remember, I will never forget. I went to hospital to see my aunt who's literally dying and she's there. And my aunt said, don't worry about me. Go save your son. She said, go save your son because I'm gay. Because in Armenia, you have to remember, in Armenian mentality, it's like, there's no gay. I didn't know there's gay, lesbian. I didn't know that. I never even paid attention. My brain was brainwashed to have a girlfriend at 21, 22 you married, and by 22 you have a family. I never even knew I was gay myself. Never. I lived my life until 20 years old as a straight man. When I start dancing, obviously your eyes are opening. You're like, oh my God, what is this world? But at the same time, I never knew it. And I was very scared because I was like, what are people going to say in my family and everything? But I said, once my mom knows, I don't care that there is a family. Mm-hmm. I told her she was destroyed. She said, you go. but she's always take very with, great, with grace everything. She said, you're going to go. You're going to split out with your whatever. And then you're coming home. I said, no, I'm not doing that. For the first time in my life, I said no to my mom. I said, no, I love him. And I'm actually going to stay with him. Accept it or not. First time I seen her go, shaking. Two days later, my aunt died. Mm. And I didn't speak to her for a year. I didn't speak to her for a year. And then 2021, my sister, I didn't speak, but my sister was trying to understand what's happening. She was 18 at the time. 
she couldn't understand, but obviously she was like, I love you, my brother, but mom is destroyed. And for for my 21st, my boyfriend at the time organized my 21st, you know, like a little gathering together mm-hmm. and asked my mom to come. You know, I said, listen, it's your son. Do you want to be? He's going to be 21. And she came and literally it was. And that's when my first smile happened. It literally is like, it's like, it's like my life just arrived in front of my eyes. Honestly, for that year, 20 to 21, I, I was just doing works. I wasn't really in the mood. I was, and I started dating the poor guy. He was taking all the slack. I, I was like, I miss my mom. My mom is everything to me. I didn't love, I didn't want to. So I, and then when she came, it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah. It's weird. It's like nothing ever happened. It's like she was always there, but we didn't speak. But now I can't see my life without speaking to her every day. Even before FaceTimes or everything years ago, I used to call her. Once a day, I had to call her from wherever I am in the world. I had to call her. And she said to me, you're my son. I love you so much. But one thing she asked me, don't tell your family. Don't tell anybody else. Can you do that? Because she, she was... She was very scared. She was very scared what they're going to say. Mm. And she was right. 2015, we got married. Brian and I, we got married in Ireland. It went everywhere in two hours. went everywhere. My mom got death threats. I got death threats from family. It was horrible. And she was right. I knew what she was coming from, but I didn't want to see it. You know, you're, you're a young boy. You're like, I love my life. Everybody's accepting me. Obviously not. And she was right. And then she was so strong. And I said, you know what? ever ever there to call my son anymore and me do not dare and they all stopped but yeah we had horrible messages from family i don't speak i don't have family i don't have at my wedding i had maybe five family members we had 220 people i had five family members i mean and armenian people are huge cousins and everything everything so yeah and she was right and that was the time no room for laughter. Yeah. That is so difficult because you were being true to yourself. Yes. At the age for, so from 20 to 21, that was you at your most authentic self. Oh my God, absolutely. But the thing you love the most is taken away from you during that time. So what a conflicting feeling for you. Oh my God. And I'm yep. sure that I'm sure so many people who come out, that's what they can relate to. They are free but they're also but then, devastated. Absolutely. But also my mom was everything to me. Yeah. She did everything for me. And also as a mother, she's throwing a few little things at you. I've done everything for you, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I understood where she was coming from. Yeah. But now she's my biggest support. And at our wedding, she started crying, literally sobbing her eyes. And Brian was like, yeah, she hates me. She hates that you're gay. She doesn't like that. We're getting married. Yeah, I was like, no, she's crying because from where we come from, we're in power school. Look at this. We're yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up, Brian. We're in fucking power school. I know. We're, she loves it. It's like a massive wedding. So no, she wasn't crying because she was upset. She was crying because... From where we came from yes. and where we are. Where we are. It's, no. it's surreal. <sighs> oh, God, this is a roller coaster. What are you doing to me? It's a roller coaster, Arthur. I warned you. It is a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm hanging there right now. It got stuck. Okay, we're going to be happy again. So, Arthur, the person you always laugh with. Oh, we all know this. We all know this. B-D-G. I, not my daughter, not the B-D-G. Honestly, Brian, I always said, doesn't matter how angry I am. In our relationship, I'm the... Rah! 
He's the like, okay, well, get up yourself. <laughs> so he's the snobby one. I'm the like passion one. Yes, you know? Yeah. He, he doesn't matter what's happened. We don't really fight. If we fight, I'm like, I hate you. Sick and tired of you. I'm leaving you. Dramatic. And then he's like, do you want a cup of tea? I was like, I just, I just, argh. but he's so good. He knows how to make me laugh. He knows the buttons, where to push to yeah. make me laugh. He is genuinely bonkers. Yeah. He's genuinely witty and so quick. You can have the camera to his face. I don't even know what I'm saying. He will come with things. I'm like, how? Do you have a script in your head? How do you do that? Who's in your ear? I can tell. Like, it's so clear. Like, we all follow people on social media and it's very obvious who kind of authentically can just be themselves on the camera. When you switch the camera on him, it's so obvious that he is just, it's the most comfortable place for him to be. He just can bang. It's like, and it's like, how though? Like, how do you go so crazy so quick? But the way he just performs, it's like there's a beginning, middle, bye so bitch, true. there's an end. So it's bang, uh-huh. mic there's drop. Mic drop, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> mic drop when he was getting so, out of the car the other day, oh going to work. Manuel, <laughs> it's Manuel. Manuel. Like, where do you get, like, I think I always say as a presenter, Brian, if you leave him be himself, yeah. he's the best himself. He's you incredible. can't control, you know, some people you can't control. Yes. If you control him too much, it's too rigid. Yeah. And I yeah. think he even spoke about in the book how he was treated before. You can't, if you wanted the best out of Brian Darwin Grunian, you have to leave him leave and him do be. it. And he is generally so funny. And he's exactly like that. Anytime yeah. people think it's staged, I'm not going to sit and lie to you. He is so quick. Yeah. And so he is the laugh of my life. Oh, I love it. No. Okay, Arthur, a time where you had the last laugh. I think my success. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Tell me more. I think my success, it's so weird. I, whatever happened to me in my life, mm-hmm. I mean, I told you where I'm coming from, what's happened. I would have never thought I'll be here sitting and talking to you and doing everything I've done. Just simply doing Dancing with the Stars in Ireland. From that phone call in June 2021 from Eugenia to 2022 sitting in the chair that my heart was beating so hard. Not in a million years, I would have thought I would have like, for, you know, there's a dreams you can dream. Like you want to be a presenter, radio, you work hard for it. There are dreams you don't dream about it. But you think, oh my God, it would be good. Dancing with stars, what's that dream? Mm. You wanted to do something on TV, but I can't speak English. Like I'm in Ireland. It's English speaker and Irish. I'm sitting on the biggest TV show. I think I'm the first one who is a known English speaker who's on primetime TV. Yeah. And that's insane. I'm like, how do you even trust me? Well done, guys. <laughs> do, do you know what? It's like, and I remember when I was in Belgium, I started dancing. Mm-hmm. I left home when I was 16, when my dad passed away. And then my life completely changed. You know, earlier we were saying like how it's because if my dad was still here, I would have never done, not even half. I would have probably been working a normal job. I was hungry to do things. But I think... He passed away, created a path for my mom and sister to live our lives. Yeah. Even though without knowing what will happen to us because Belgium didn't accept us. After two years, Belgium gave us the ultimatum, are you giving in five days or we're coming to get your bomb, send you to Armenia. If we did that, we would be dead. So I feel like when he passed away, it's like somebody, I explained like a chip. They changed the chip in my back. 16, November 1996, I will never forget. They took the chip out, new chip, and I went, boom. I left home. I left home. Like, my mom didn't even stop me. I said, I'm going to Brussels. I'm going to be on my own in the studio. How? What? You can't, like... I was like, I'm doing hairdressing. I carry on in Brussels. 
I changed my life and I said, nobody will ever stop me. And I had lots of people pulling me down, stopping me. You're stupid. Why would you do that? When I started dancing, I said, oh my God, my dream is to go to London or LA. Oh, you can't speak English. You never trained. When you go to London, you have these beautiful performance art colleges. They, you don't have money. Like, Always, you know, I say black, they say white. I say green, they say red. Why? Why can you support each other? No one. There was only my best friend who supported me. Do whatever you want. And the good thing is, Jaron, I never listened to anybody. <laughs> That's so the now key. I, I get the last laugh because, but then now all of them, I always knew you were going to succeed. Oh, fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> fuck off. So that's, yeah. So Your success. The rest, yeah. I love it. Okay, Arthur. If laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Oh, if you follow me, you know what? Manjare foods. <laughs> oh my God. I thought you were going to say Blake. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, my daughter. <laughs> my daughter. No, my daughter came after my food. But I love food. Yeah, same. I think Blake, it's my ultimate laughter. But I love, if I yeah. wasn't laughing, if there's no laughter in the world, yeah. I want food I Heaven. just, I need the help. <laughs> you don't need help. I need, I need, no. like, I'm a, I'm a sweet tooth. Jiren, I know in Ireland you love your crisps and no, sandwiches. No, no, no. You know, Arthur, uh, I am the queen of sweet tooth oh vibes. God, oh my God, oh my God. That is, it's like, Mark and I, some nights will just go, do you want to just fucking go for it? Oh! Go up to the shop and get like four share bags of bit different chocolate bits. Like we get oh. giant white buttons, the twirl, oh. the bits of wispa, Don't. and then another thing. And then we get Haribo star mix. And it's just like... Do you know what it is? What? It's sweet porn. <laughs> oh my God! It is sweet porn. Oh my God. It's amazing. Hook it to my veins. Oh my God. But honestly... I, I mean, I was called fat when I was a dancer and I wasn't fat because I was eating banana split before I went on stage. <laughs> I was eating banana, banana, split, banana split before I went on stage. I love my sugar. I have this, apparently it's actually more addictive than anything else. Anything and else. I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. I never done anything. Yeah. Like I, people don't believe me. People thought I was over my head. Oh, half of my life people thought I was over my face. Yeah. Drug, drug, never done a drug. A never dr- I, I drank a little bit. I don't like it. Sugar, get me going. <laughs> Are you ready for your quick fire round, Arthur? Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Okay, the actor you always laugh at. Um, Ryan Reynolds. He makes me laugh. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Good one. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. The actress you always laugh at. Oh, I love these two. Salma Hayek and Sandra Bullock. Any day. I love it, Martinez. Oh, two queens. Oh my God, I love them. They're okay. so quick. The comedian you always laugh at. Okay, you, this comedian you might not know. His yeah. name is Eli Kaku. He passed away. He's so funny. He had this character called Madame Sakhvati. And he was, he's French. Um, he was, because I grew up, when I was in Belgium, I used to watch him without understanding. He was hysterical. And that character, Madame Sarfati, was so funny. Will you speak a bit more French to us? Qu'est-ce que tu aimerais bien que je te dise? J'adore être ici avec toi, donc merci beaucoup. Et j'adore les gourmandises. God, stunning. Oh, I love it. Oh, the movie you always laugh at, Leda. Oh my God, we all know this bridesmaid. Yes. You can't go wrong can't with Bradford. I remember when I saw in cinema, and also, you probably knew this, but half of the movies ad lib. You know, they ad libbed a lot. Apparently, they ad libbed and then they just kept it. So that's so raw. And when you know it's ad libbed, yeah. so BDG can easily be in Bridesmaids because <laughs> when you ad lib, it's so funny. It's so fun. Yeah. So I love Bridesmaids. Okay, I great love. one. And finally, Arthur, I don't want you to go. Oh, I mean, can we say again? <laughs> <laughs> Your best or worst joke? Oh, God. I'm the worst. Come on. All right. I heard. Why, the, why is Cinderella bad in soccer or football? Why? Because she ran from the ball. 
Oh, Arthur, I'm still sweating. You are all I had hoped for oh, and so baby. much more. Tell us a little bit about the book. For anyone who hasn't even heard about the book, knows what it's about, give us a little synopsis. The book is Brian Dowling's and Arthur Gorland's Modern Family, yes. Birth, Marriages, birth, um, Deaths, Everything Between. It's basically my life, Brian's life, our careers, and then our beautiful happily ever after, our beautiful Blake. So it's telling about all our stories, how we met, what's happened to me when I was young, what's happened to him when he was young, and just telling a beautiful story. And it's a positive book. It's to show to people that if I made it, you can make it. I swear to God, I believe the policy, you don't ask, you don't get, you don't try, you will never know. So that's my policy in my head. Just go for it. If you want to do something, just do it. Who's going to stop you? Arthur Grulian. Thank you so much for sharing the laughs of your life. Oh my God, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with Arthur Garulian. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and review. I know I say it every week, but I mean it. Please do it. It really helps the show if you do. This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios. And this season of The Laughs of Your Life is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco. Tesco.